What is good, everybody? We are back with episode seven of Red Hot Takes. Or I guess I should say I am back with episode seven of Red Hot Takes. Uh, my partner, Jared North, is not with me here today. Uh, I guess he was busy, got other priorities. Apparently, the podcast isn't important enough. Not a big deal, but let's get it rolling. Um, you know, the NHL is actually going on right now. I'm doing this at about 930 at night. The Canadians just beat the Jets one, uh, five to three. So they now lead that series 1-0. And the Avalanche and the Golden Knights are tied zero to zero. But just off that first game, Colorado just is looking insane. Um, I think they are going to be able to handle uh, the Golden Knights pretty well. I'm not too sure. You know, I think it might end up going six. I could see the Golden Knights. I mean, they're still a really talented team. I could see them maybe picking up a game or two. But Colorado, this just kind of looks like their year. Everyone's clicking right now in the playoffs. Everyone's playing their best hockey at this time of the year. It just really seems like Colorado is kind of destined to walk through this. And if they do end up beating the Golden Knights, which, like I said, I do think they're going to do in about six games, um, they're going to get to play either Winnipeg or the Canadians because the NHL playoffs is actually set up a little bit differently this year, different than I thought. Um, the highest point team remaining of the Final Four and the lowest point team remaining of the Final Four end up playing each other. Um, that has to be Winnipeg or the Canadians, and the two highest teams are either Colorado or the Golden Knights. So we kind of do know how uh, the final or the semifinals is going to look. It looks like, like I said, they're going to be playing each other. And then the Islanders are going to be playing or the Islanders or Boston will be playing either Lightning or Carolina. Uh, the Lightning right now look about just as insane as Colorado. Um, I mean, they're still grinding through these games with Carolina, but they have been able to take that 2-0 series lead. And now they're going home. Um, they're probably going to be finishing off that series in five if I had to assume so I mean the the NHL playoffs it looks like they're going to be going towards Colorado and then the lightning in the finals kind of like I thought and I'm all for seeing that final I think that final will be just purely electric the the offense will be fantastic defense will be great goaltenders are playing really well um, but the Boston versus Islanders series that's really the best second round series that I think we're going to be seeing I think that one's going to be going seven those teams just battle against each other, and it looks like they're matched up really well against each other. But whatever, whichever one of those teams ends up uh, winning that series, I think they're going to be so gassed from that series alone that they're just not going to be able to hang with the Lightning whenever they are forced to play them. Let's move on to the MLB. Um, there's not much i got to talk about the MLB today. Don't really want to go over our division picks or anything like that. We keep going over those. We're not going to go over those till like July now, if I had to assume. But uh, the Cubs and the Giants, we just got to admit that they're good baseball teams at this point. I mean, they're both about 10 to 12 games above 500, pitching really well, hitting really well. I mean, Chris Bryant's batting like 320 right now. Some people say he's not going to be batting that high all season. I actually think, you know, he's just he's in that contract year. He's fucking zoned in right now. I expect him to be hitting maybe not 320, but he'll be hitting 290 at the lowest, I think 300. Um, I just think that they're 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 actually a good baseball team, and they're tired of hearing people say that they're not good anymore, and that this season was a dead season, and they kind of want to keep the band together. So I'm looking for the Cubs to make a little run at it. If they don't trade everybody, I'd like to see them play throughout the end of the year and see if they can maybe sneak into the playoffs or maybe even win the division. I know we have me and North do have that series bet, and if the Cubs win, it would be a wash. I wouldn't be the most angry person in the world. As long as the Brewers, um, or as long as the Cardinals do not win that division, I do not care. And there's Colorado scoring their first goal of the game. 
I, you know, I, I'm really starting to feel really good about my predictions. I did say they were chalk, but it's starting to seem like that chalk's really going to come through in the NHL, and I'd really enjoy seeing that chalk in the NHL. Uh, but moving on, NBA time. There's a lot that uh, there's a lot of series that clinched tonight. 76ers versus Hawks. That is going to be the second round matchup, and boy, am I looking forward to that one. Uh, you know, the 76ers, Joel Embiid's a little banged up now. Seems like he's going to be fighting through nagging injuries for the rest of the playoffs now. And I think if he is injured enough that Clint Capella will be able to mark him a little bit, not as much on the outside shooting the ball, but down low, he's going to be able to control him a little bit in there. And I think that the Hawks can actually really give the Sixers a little bit of trouble in the second round. I'm expecting that to probably go six, maybe even seven games. I would not be shocked if the Hawks actually won that series somehow. Like I said on the pod before, you know, Philly or two pods before Philly has so much pressure right now. I would say that the 76ers have more pressure than the Brooklyn Nuts. Now, I think that the Brooklyn Nuts have a higher expectation and that they're expected to make the finals. But the pressure inside the city of Philadelphia to be successful this year and to make it at least to the Eastern Conference finals, if not the NBA finals, is higher than any city in the entire NBA. There's no one that is under more pressure right now than Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid to figure this shit out and get it done. And I think that the Hawks match up really well. I mean, they got a lot of shooters. They can really space the floor. And I think that they can play a little defense against them, especially if Embiid is hurt. If Embiid's hurt and you only got Ben Simmons out there, it's going to be a really fucking long series against the uh, Hawks. Uh, in the other part of the East, the Nets and the Bucks. Um, I'm very scared for the Nets here. I'm going to be honest. I got that future on the Nets. The Bucks look really good right now. Um, their defense is really good, and they match up extremely well. Giannis can mark KD. Uh, Robert Covington can mark, and P.J. Tucker can mark James Harden. And Drew Holiday can mark Kyrie Irving. you got guys that are all defensive players that can match up against all three of their best players. Now the question is, can the Bucks still, even with their good defense, score the amount of points that it's going to take? Because the Nets, I mean, you can play unbelievable defense. The Nets are going to find buckets. They're going to. But... Ron Meyer, he wants this on the pod, which makes me feel even better about it. He wants the Bucks plus 180 in the series price. I was a little worried about the Nets. That makes me feel a lot better. He's going to have a little bad podcast luck there, and I think that the Nets are going to be able to win this series. It is going to be a battle, though. I'm expecting six or seven. I think probably even seven. If I had to really just narrow it down to one game, I would say Nets in seven. And like that series is something that like I'm really looking forward to. I don't enjoy watching too much NBA basketball, but I will be tuning in for most of those games. Um, moving on to the West, we still got the Jazz and Grizzlies. They're playing right now. The Jazz are up by 20 points in the second quarter, so hopefully they can close that game out tonight. Um, I mean, they, they stumbled in that first game, but ever since Donovan's come back, they've really been able to find their groove. They play great defense. Um, I just, I really, I really like the Jazz. I think especially with the Mavs and the Clippers banging the shit out of each other for seven games. I think the Jazz have a very good chance to make the Western Conference Finals. I was a little bit wary of the pick when I first gave it out on last week's pod to say in the Jazz to make the NBA Finals, but I'm feeling a little bit better about it this week. Um, speaking of the Mavs versus Clippers, we were me and North were so confident about the Mavs and the Clippers, or the Mavs destroying the Clippers, and you know then they went down to Dallas and the Clippers stole two games. Now I'm kind of flipped on it. I think that the Clippers are going to end up winning that series now. I think it's just kind of hard to take a 2-0 series lead, come home and blow it. 
I've seen the Blues do it like five times. They did it like three to four years in a row where they beat two massive like overtime games on the road and then would come home and blow two and then they lose the the next two and end up losing in six. It is a different sport, but it's kind of the same thing. You go home with a 2-0 series lead, you at least have to split it and still be up 3-1. You cannot lose both games. And unfortunately, I mean, Luke is the man, but uh, Porzingis is just not the man. I mean, without, I mean, you're talking about his nagging injuries is a problem. And just like the fact, I just don't think he has that killer instinct that you really need in the playoffs. Uh, The most exciting series thus far in the first round, I believe, the Nuggets versus the Blazers. They've had a couple crazy close games. Dame last night was going unconscious in the fourth quarter in the first overtime. Just chopping from all over the floor. Uh, my boy Michael Porter Jr. finished 10 of 13 with 26 points and 11 boards. I love that kid. I think he's going to be fucking amazing. And if he can keep it up and keep playing the way that he played last night, play smart. Don't get in early foul trouble like he has a couple times in the playoffs. And just wait for Jokic to feed you the ball and take the right shots. You don't need to force your own shots. Just let him create for you and do what you need until you learn in the next couple of years to just kind of like be your own and just take over. I think that the Nuggets actually have a good chance if they come out of that series versus the Blazers to beat the Suns or the Lakers, which moving on to that series, I think the Suns are going to win this thing in six. If they don't win it in six, I still think they're going to win it in seven. Um, I just think that AD is going to be still just a little hobbled up from that groin injury. He's going to try and play through it probably, but it's not going to go well. He'll probably come out of the game like three times grabbing his groin like he always does when he plays with injuries. And LeBron, I mean... He didn't look great last night. I mean, I know a lot of people didn't look great last night, but uh, there was just not much there from him. Looked kind of dead. I think it's kind of the Suns' time to just smash the Lakers and maybe put LeBron to sleep hopefully once and for all. Um, And then if it is the Nuggets versus the Suns, like I said, I am really looking forward to that. I really hope that is the next matchup. A lot of future stars in that game. And I I think that would be an unreal series, probably going seven. Um, like I'm still sticking with the jazz to win the Western conference final and the nets to win the East. And as long as the nets make it through the bucks, I am just, you can mark it, seal it. I'm taking like the nets will be just locked in to win the NBA championship at that point. I don't think anyone, but the bucks have a chance to stop them and counterpoint. If the bucks win that series, I actually think that the bucks might go on to win the NBA title this year. So that's kind of like my two top favorites right now. Whoever can survive that series, I think, might be the two best teams remaining. Um, But going on to something that I am still so confident in, the line still hasn't moved. He has already played his first-round game. Does not matter. He walked right through it, won it in straight sets. Rafael Nadal, you still have time, but don't wait too long. He plays his second-round game tomorrow. Once he wins that, it's going to move down to 150. Once he wins his next round, it's going to be minus 200. He's minus 177 to make it to the finals. That means that they think he just, he's going to make it to the finals. And then it's just, he's going to be playing probably Djokovic or one of the top players, uh, Tsitsipas from uh, Greece or whatever. He can play a couple of those guys, but they're just not as good as him on clay. And he's going to win this. Like I said, he already lost one tournament on clay this year. He's not doing that again. He's going to win the French open. Take Rafael Nadal minus 125. Finally, the last topic of the day. This is a quick one because when you're talking by yourself, you fly through the topics. Um, Euros 2020. I love the Euros. I was on a cruise ship whenever the Euros were going on last time, and I was over there in Europe, and it was the most electric scene I've ever 
like been around when games were going on. There was a big old lobby that the massive TV was on, and I've never seen people go crazier for games. I mean, it was just filled with the fans of whatever country was playing at that time, and they were just going nuts, dressed, painted, all that. Uh, I love the Euros. It's it's just it's so much fun. The biggest names left out of the Euros. There are a couple surprising ones here. Um, this one's kind of funny. No one really expected him to make it since he was benched all year, or not benched all year, but just has not played that much. Keppa, the goalie for Chelsea. I mean, he signs the largest contract or gets the largest transfer in uh, goalie contract history last year, and then he gets left off the Spain squad. You feel bad for the kid. I mean, he's pretty young, and you hope he can recover. I mean, he's a really talented player, so I'm expecting to have a bounce back year next year. But it just it it must be heartbreaking because these things only come around once every couple of years, and to get left off the squad like that is just it's got to be a real blow to him. Sergio Ramos not making Spain as well. That was more due to the nagging injuries. He's been injured all year on and off. Just has not been able to stay on the field. And it was going to be a gamble if they did put him in, if he was going to be able to stay healthy enough to even make it through the tournament. Um, but still, the guy that's made like the most cap appearances of all time for Spain and is probably like one of their most legendary defenders of all time. It's just kind of surprising to not see him on the roster. It's just kind of like a free gimme spot. Uh, Julian Draxler again not has not played as much this year but you know I mean he won the World Cup with Germany in 2014 or whatever that was so it's always surprising to see someone that is still only like 27 or 28 years old get left off the squad after he's been so successful for so many years for them Uh, and the last one I think this is probably the most surprising Marco Asensio not making Spain squad. Um, I mean, he he kind of caught fire in the beginning of March or April, scored a couple goals, but he just has never really been able to stay very consistent on the field, and it just it must be really tough because I mean he's been thought of for multiple years now as someone that's really coming up to be the next star, and just has not been able to really live up to that potential yet. Got to be really frustrating. But moving on, we are going to give out our winners, or I guess who we think are going to be winning the Euros this year. I'm not going to go off the cuff too much here. Going to stay pretty close to the top of the list because usually the top teams end up winning. Um, You know, I'm going with Belgium plus 600 as my first pick. I mean, this team has been scratching at success for now the last two tournaments they played in. They reached the quarterfinals in 2016 um, of the Euros. And then in 2018, they made it to the semifinals of the World Cup and ended up winning the third place game. Now the third place game doesn't matter at all. But technically, I guess they got third place in the World Cup. So, I mean, I'm, they're they're so talented. And they've basically had the similar squad since about 2016, consistent of, you know, De Bruyne, Lukaku. Um, now they have Hazard's younger brother. Hazard's on the bench now as well. Um, they got, uh, God, what's his fucking name? Uh, Dries Mertens on the wing as well. And their back three have been a very setback three for multiple years now. So, I mean, they got a lot of consistency. They've played a lot of games together with each other on the national team. Um, of course, you got Lukaku up top. I f- almost forgot about him. Um, I just, I, I really like Belgium this year. I think this is their best chance to maybe scratch at the surface and hopefully come up with a win this year. Um, my other pick, I'm only giving out two. Germany plus 900. Uh, they, you know, they just had a, such a bad performance in the 2018 World Cup. I really think they're coming out to render that. I mean, they finished fourth in their group stage behind South Korea, probably the worst group stage finishing ever for Germany. If I had to guess, I'm not too sure on that one, but just a guess. 
And then, you know, one of the biggest advantages of Germany for these types of games is they have so many players that play with each other between Bayern and Bundesliga or Bayern and uh, Borussia Dortmund. I mean, you got basically your whole squad between like two teams. I mean, you got a couple RB Leipzig's and a couple ones here and there, but they all play in the same lead together. And I just think that that really helps. It keeps your team. I mean, for, for example, Thomas Mueller, uh, Sergei Nabry and Leroy Sané, that's probably going to be three of the top four guys on the formation for Germany. They play all together on Bayern Munich. So, I mean, they've played 40 times together this year or whatever. And I mean, there's a lot of teams out there that have players playing all over the place and they barely get any time to practice together. So I think that that is a massive advantage that people always overlook when they consider Germany. I mean, these guys, they're they're practicing with each other all the time compared to 99% of the other teams where you're not near, you're not practicing nearly as long with each other. Uh, Golden boot. I'm going off with my picks a little bit. I'm taking Lukaku plus 700. Uh, you know, I mean, if I think Belgium's making the finals and winning it, I got to take Lukaku. I mean, it usually takes, uh, looking at the history real fast, I mean, Guzman or Griezmann won it last time with six goals. Then Fernando Torres won it with three goals. Then David V with four, five, five, five. So it's usually around five, five goals, maybe six goals to win the Golden Boot. And uh, Belgium, they play. Uh, Denmark, Russia, and Finland all in the group stages. So, I mean, that gives a great chance for Lukaku to catch a couple early ones, rack up the golden boot score, and then in the group stages, hopefully put away another one or two, and that should get him to around five or six, if I had to guess. And I think that he has a great chance at winning it. Then another one from a team that I picked to win it all, I'm taking Sergei Nabry. Um, you know, they don't really have a forward that they're necessarily going to, I mean, Luka, or Lewandowski is the main forward on Bayern Munich, and unfortunately, he is Polish. So that's kind of like the one vacant spot where like they don't have the player that's on Munich or uh, Borussia Dortmund in that spot. So I think that Nyberg is going to play there. I mean, you also got uh, Timo Werner that it might take the spot as well. So they might be split in time, and that could really hurt Nyberg. But if he can catch a little fire in the beginning of the tournament, score a couple early goals, maybe they keep him in there that whole time. And at plus 3,500, I'm feeling good about it. Then I'm going to be taking probably one of the best just pure goal scorers in all soccer, just a little flyer. I don't really love Italy in the tournament, but if Italy does happen to make a run, God have Immobile as one of the golden boot winners because that dude just scores goals. I mean, there's not much else to say about him. Dude just scores. Uh, player of the tournament, sticking with Belgium again, um, going to Bruyne. I mean, he's their best player, plays the midfield now. He did get hurt in the Champions League final. I don't think it was anything too bad. He got hit in the face, but I think he'll be back. I'm not too worried about that. I haven't really done too much research on that, but I cannot imagine that he's going to be out of the Euros because of that. Um, and, you know, if they make the finals, uh, they usually don't give the player of the tournament and the golden boot to the same person. So if Lukaku won the golden boot, then I think that De Bruyne would have a very good chance of winning player of the tournament. Then I'm also going Pogba plus 3,300. Um, I mean, he just seems to kind of step up on the big stages and play kind of well. So I'll take that value. And I want a little flyer on France just in case in somewhat sort of fashion, just because they're just absurdly talented. They are the favorites of winning the tournament. Um, But I just don't think that they're going to end up winning back-to-back tournaments. And then best finishing spot. Here's a little interesting one. There is a best finishing spot between Denmark, Sweden, and Finland. 
Um, I actually like Finland plus 1100. Did a little research. They're kind of like the dark horse, kind of like that Iceland of this year's. They have basically the exact same squad since 2009. They had a U21 make the Euros back in 2009. And they have the same coach and basically an identical squad from that. And they're all up now. This is their first ever time making a European Championship or a World Cup. So I do think that Finland is going to be very excited and they're going to be very motivated to try and put up a performance kind of like Iceland's last time. Uh, Finland does play in the same uh, division or group stage as Denmark. So we will get a head-to-head game there. So if Finland can beat Denmark, that would probably almost guarantee that fi- uh, Finland would have a better finishing spot than Denmark. My only worry is Sweden. They do play in a pretty easy group. Nothing like crazy easy. Uh, it's Spain, Sweden, Poland, and Slovakia. Uh, I think Poland... I mean, Lewandowski, like I said, he's probably the best pure goal scorer in all of soccer ahead of Immobile. And so hopefully he can win that game over Sweden. Sweden doesn't have Ibrahimovic. They ended up leaving him off the squad. I think that was probably a mistake for them. And I hope hopefully that ends up hurting them. So I love Sweden plus or Finland plus 1100. That is, if you can't find it on yours, that is on the Barstool Sportsbook app. Um, I don't know where else it would be. I'm sure it's on a lot of other places, but if not, that's where it is. So you can send it to your bookies or wherever you need to send it. Uh, Next week's episode, it will be recorded immediately after this episode. So it's going to be another one by myself. And we are within 100 days of football. So we'll be looking at a uh, Mizzou preview, SEC preview, NFL preview. We're just, we're previewing football because I'm starting to get that itch. I can feel it kind of like a heroin addict. I can feel the itch coming. I need that should probably get cut. Fuck it. We're not cutting it. I was going to, but I decided not to. I'm leaving it in there. I need the fucking NFL. Like I, once it gets this close, you just like, I'm starting to see the training camps and all that shit. I'm so excited. Cannot wait to break down how I feel about the tigers. Um, newsflash. I feel fucking great about the tigers. So tune in next week. Let's go.